0: This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 210. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm smiling over here because I, for the first time ever, am recording this podcast episode from my closet, I'm sitting on the floor, and they're doing construction next door, which it's so odd because I live in rural North Carolina, and our houses are fairly spaced apart. Obviously, there are some neighborhoods that have houses way more spread apart than ours are, but coming from, you know, living in a big city where I always used to say, like the houses were so close together in California that, You could hear your neighbor's fart that it's, you know, this is like pretty good spacing. So when there is something going on in the neighborhood, I'm like, what, what, what is that? It's always so shocking. (laughs) So my next door neighbors are having their deck ripped out, including removing a jacuzzi, which is very noisy this morning. So not only is it really noisy, but my dog keeps getting up and and barking at them, which she also never does because there's never any commotion outside except for squirrels, the occasional deer and rabbits and things like that. I've also heard that recording from a place like this, where there's clothes around and a small enclosed space is kind of the next best thing to a very professional studio. So we'll see if the acoustics are better and if the sound sounds better. And we're halfway through the Daily Diaries. If you're just joining me, we are doing daily podcast episodes this month. And you might want to start from episode 200, sort of the beginning of this whole kind of kind of a story. I mean, there's there's kind of a method to the madness as I've been creating this for you over the course of the last couple of weeks. So this is our third week in the Daily Diaries. And thank you for your comments and your feedback about how much you are enjoying it. I've I've been enjoying putting them out to you and putting them all together and having them hopefully all make sense. And then also at the end of each week, having a worksheet for you to be able to put this work into your own life because that's what it's all about, really. And also, speaking of, registration for Ray's Hell opened on Friday a few days ago. So if you're listening to this kind of in real time, I know a lot of you listen to the episodes way later, but registration is open until February 26th, and the early bird price, which is going on right now, is available until February 24th. So it's $200 off the regular price, as well as there's a bonus call with me before we actually start, a kickoff call the day before we start. And I am so excited about this class, y'all. So many of you have already joined. I, I can't even. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the end. But that's really kind of the theme of These episodes, these podcast episodes about raising hell, I talked to you the very first week about upper limit stuff and me facing that in my own life and what it actually looked like for me to walk my talk. And I do believe that for women, when we do this, when we stake a claim in our lives, when we declare what it is that we really want, when we take action on it, That is an act of raising hell, really for anyone. But I think for women, we face a different kind of uphill battle with it. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about this month. And that's what Raising Hell is all about. It's a four-month program, which I'm also just pumped about because... I believe that lasting change happens over time, and I wanted this – I specifically created this a longer amount of time as well as weekly calls where we are intentional about our commitments and accountability. There's accountability built in. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the end of this episode. And before I do that, one more quick thing. I have contest winners to announce Several weeks ago, I asked you all to leave a rating and review in iTunes, and thank you so much. We randomly selected two of you to get a prize, so we need you to reach out to us. Those two people are Real Moftera. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. It's R-E-A-L-M-O-F-T-E-R-R-A. You're one of our winners, and Lottie Dottie 1112 Lottie Dottie, we like to party. I'm assuming that's a quote from the famous Snoop Doggy Dog. You are both winners of the contest. So please reach out to support at yourkickasslife.com so we can get you your prizes. So let's get into it. Let's get into today's content. Oh man, I'm excited about this one. I was just on a roll when I was writing this post. By the way, these are also a little bit easier to share. If you go to yourkickasslife.com slash 210, you can share these as blog posts. This one I've been thinking about for a long time, about telling you all about because I think that it's something that so many of us can relate to, whether we're going through it now or whether we've gone through it in the past and have come out of it the other side and, and are changed people or maybe maybe not changed people yet. But I think that so many will be able to relate to this Last year, what happened was last year, I had a few clients who were all dealing with some quote-unquote man problems. In a nutshell, they were dating men who were unavailable to them. One was having a relationship with a married man. The other was having an on-again, off-again relationship with someone who had had made it clear to her that he did not want to commit long-term. Both of the women were in a pickle. This is what they were used to. It was their pattern, whether the men were physically unavailable for them in the long term, you know, married, or maybe you are really comfortable dating men who are geographically unavailable or emotionally unavailable. These women just kept picking the wrong partners. And there's so much science that has gone into why we pick certain people As you know, my favorite book, or maybe you don't know, but one of my favorite books on this particular topic, on the topic of partnerships, is Getting the Love You Want by Harv Hendricks. We'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. Another interesting one that I've read recently is called Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment. And really, there are just too many good books on this topic to mention. But what I want to focus on today is not just who they were picking, which I think for many of us is an unconscious thing that happens, but more specifically, what they were tolerating when they were already in the relationship and knew their partner wasn't good for them because again so many of us have been there right personally i can vividly remember sitting in my therapist's office with my ex-husband he was my then husband who at that time he was still my boyfriend and we were in our mid 20s i was ready to get married he was not he was not ready to even settle down really he would regularly stay out all night long and roll home drunk at six in the morning when I never knew all night if he was off screwing someone else or if he was dead in a ditch somewhere. It turns out he was screwing someone else throughout the majority of our relationship, many, many someone else's. But after years... Of that, after years of worrying about him, after years of being so enraged all of those nights and other disrespectful behavior towards me. And after many months of therapy about this, going around in circles, my therapist turned to me and said, Andrea, I don't think he's ready to change. You can either learn to tolerate it or leave. And he was sitting right there and he didn't argue with her. We all knew the truth. I knew what I was tolerating. I chose the scraps of the relationship over me. I chose the marriage and the possibility of our future children together over my personal growth. I chose the inkling of potential I saw in him over my own self-respect. My two clients that were staying in those relationships had different circumstances, but were both tolerating bullshit. They were settling for crumbs. And in our work together, we got to the bottom of why they were doing it, which is helpful, but not always completely necessary. And we got to the bottom of why they kept repeating the same pattern. They got clear on what they actually wanted and clear that they weren't getting it from the men they were dating, so I remember there was a scene from Sex in the City, and it's from season one from so it's from so long ago, and it and it's always stuck with me when Carrie is and Carrie is the main character for those of you who don't aren't familiar with the show and the characters. And Mr. Big is her on-again, off-again relationship that she has throughout all of the seasons of Sex and the City. And in this particular scene, there's a link to it in the show notes because I think it's, I just feel it's so powerful to watch. I get all verklempt every time I watch it. In this particular scene, when Carrie is asking Mr. Big, she says, just tell me I'm the one. Please just tell me I'm the one. And he can't say it to her. If you've ever been in a relationship like that, like the one that they had that's back and forth and back and forth, you know it was so much more than him just saying that word. That that sentence represented so much more than just the words she was asking him to say. I think part of why that scene is so painful to watch is the agony on her face when he stands there awkwardly. And... The fact that she can barely look at him—that to me says so much. There's a point where she just kind of looks down at the ground, and and I'm just like, oh my god, I've been there. I've so been there. Not not necessarily saying those words, you know, tell me I'm the one, but just that that she just Sarah Jessica Parker nails it. Where you know that her as a woman <laughs> is she knows what that feels like. Her face says it so much. Her face says, I know you can't commit to me. I know I've been tolerating it all. And I know I need to say goodbye to you. And it's this poignant moment. I remember sitting there watching that scene for the first time in 1998, five years into my own relationship where I was tolerating crumbs and wishing I had the courage she did. And what she did was she said no. And, of course, as the show goes on, we know that they, like, keep getting back together. And and I think he does kind of change, which <laughs> – anyway, however, I digress. But it was – I remember sitting there thinking, like, I wish I had – the courage like she did to follow her gut and say no. Because again, it said it all over her face, like what she knew she needed to do. I wish that I had the courage to love myself and walk away. And I didn't at that time. I didn't. But my clients did. They both got the courage to say goodbye and to love themselves enough to walk away. And I remember one of my clients, she kept she was she was telling me about when she had broken up with the man that she was dating and she said when i was getting ready for it when i was getting ready to meet him for coffee and throughout the whole time and even after even after walking away from him even though he looked so good and so handsome when we met i kept telling myself i choose me i choose me because i matter i choose me i choose me and that was her mantra and like i mentioned in the beginning Registration is open now for Raise Hell, the four-month online program, and one of the four modules that we cover is tolerations. And it may not be a relationship that you're in that you're tolerating that isn't working. Maybe it's work demands. Maybe it's your inner critic. Maybe it's your own neglect for moving your body. Whatever you're tolerating, I've created curriculum to help you get to the bottom of it created support with action and helping you choose what works for you. And I, one of my superpowers is noticing overly high expectations, so I will help you watch out for that. And this group has built in accountability because it's so much easier and it's so much better to do it with loving people who are in your corner cheering for you and being a soft place to land. I hope you join us. Registration's been open for a few days and many women have already joined and are eager to welcome you. And even if you go over to the info page, it's over at yourkickasslife.com slash raise dash hell. If you find that it's not a good fit for you, I still hope that you choose you because you matter. Tomorrow I'm going to be talking to you about something that I found that I have a pattern of doing that I'm just tired of, that I want to change. And I think that you probably do it too. All right, everybody, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for giving me your time. And until tomorrow, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.